Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, I'm so excited. Um, It's Friday today as I film this, and there's no more Star Trek Discovery. It's finished for season three. But we've got the villain of season three, and I'm so delighted. It's Janet Kidder. Janet, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. And how is everything your end your where 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 you are with the pandemic is everyone keeping safe how's everyone doing yeah bc seems to be one of the you know luckiest parts of canada certainly it's a big sprawling province um so our cases are low in paris with um, ontario and quebec and alberta so we're doing pretty well here, but certainly that sort of, you know, ominous feeling in the air everywhere, um, a lot of mask wearing, a lot of staying within your bubble, um, and generally just, you know, looking forward to the end of this at some point. And there is going to be an end. I, th- I, th- I think we need to be positive and and think that it's going to be, you know, gone uh, before, before we know it, but not after... A bit of um, you know following the rules, which in the UK at the moment people are having difficulty with. Um, so I don't know what the lockdown is like where you are. Well, the lockdown, you know, there's a lot of advising from the government about you know things that would be in our best interests. Um, I wonder why they don't just put really strict regulations in place because it feels like a majority, or not a majority, but definitely a part of the population has issues with any kind of advisories <laughs> they don't think it pretends to them there's still lots of travel there's still you know anti-mask um thoughts and feelings um so i'm a little confused by the sort of the pushback uh, mm. but um you know hopefully it'll all it'll it'll work out sooner rather than later but but yeah it's like a mixture of the two you know two tents over here one is all for being safe and the other one seems to think that it's it's not that important so it sounds exactly like the UK you know we have mm-hmm. the anti-maskers um we have the people that 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 just don't want to follow the rules and the government are just advising um but they're not actually having um the guts to actually just say you know, stay indoors, you do this. Um, yeah. And maybe it should have uh, been gone a while ago. Uh, but you know what? Um, COVID has is, is presented some some positives as well. I mean, I've got kids, so they're home being homeschooled at the moment. Um, I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, so it means that we spend a bit more time with our little ones, which is great. So... It does. Uh, my kids are a little older. My son is 14. My daughter is uh, 13 in two weeks. So the whole homeschooling thing bought its own set of um, 
issues for me, certainly, uh, but they're back at school, you know, one of them part-time and the other one full-time as it stands right now. So, but yeah, I think it slowed us down in ways that were probably quite important. It made us realize that maybe we don't need to be doing as much as we are at the pace that we're going, um, you know. So I think that might be a positive impact uh, moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. It's an absolutely yeah. awesome show. Um, before watching Star, Star Trek Discovery, I wasn't a Star Trek fan, believe it or not. Um, I watched the odd originals um, and The Next Generation, but when Star Trek Discovery came out, it, it just blew up. It really did, which is fan, fan, fantastic. And so far, season three has been my favourite season. You play Osira, uh, leader of the Emerald Chain. Um, yeah. If you could tell us all how you got that role and how that role came about for you. Um, it was, you know, it was just another audition. I didn't know I was actually auditioning for Star Trek. They keep it very, you know, close uh, under wraps. Um, so it was just a really great sort of power woman audition uh, that clearly they loved, and and I got it. It was a, it was as much a surprise to me as anyone else that I was suddenly on Star Trek Discovery. And I'm like you, I watched Captain Kirk, and you know. <laughs> Uh, lifting sort of styrofoam rocks around the the set back in the day, but other than that, I haven't ever watched a a Star wow. Trek. Yeah. Wow. So, so what did you actually do for your in, uh, interview, your audition? What did you actually have 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 to do? Because it must must have been weird. Because if it was all secret and you didn't know it was for Star Trek, surely oh. you know what was the actual in um, the audition look like. The audition was was um, this woman who was clearly a very powerful woman um, having an argument with some kind of, um, I think it might even have said like admiral in the sides mm. that I had. Um, and she was uh, calling his bluff and threatening in the very sort of subtle ways that we've come to love Osira. Um and so it was a scene about that. It was it was threatening to poison this man if he if he didn't do what I asked of him. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, just two individuals could have been from any show, from from anywhere. But definitely, you know, it was a, a woman who wasn't scared to threaten somebody who was in a, a position of authority. And at what point did you find out it was Star Trek? You know, was was, was it when you got that phone call? Yeah. Yeah, my oh, agent wow. from Toronto called me and said, so you've booked that and actually it's uh, for Star Trek Discovery. And it's like, wow, wow, okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, how exciting. I'm you know, um, looking forward to kind of seeing what it's all about. That is awesome. And what yeah. sort of research did you do? Because obviously, as you said, your experience of Star Trek was quite limited. Uh, what yeah. sort of research did you do for your char character before you, you took to the set? Well, um, Osira is an Orion, and the Orions were in the original, you know, mm. show back in the day. So I just sort of looked at the journey of, of my species, as it were, and how they had been used um, throughout the world of Star Trek, um, and sort of built my backstory around that and came up with, you know, reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing and why she's so passionate about doing what she's doing and, and maintaining the, you know, the, the level of authority and sort of 
semblance of power that that we now have in our you know world um so that's what i did i just got to look at the orions and their and their journey through the through the star trek episodes for the past mm. what 30 years 40 yeah, years quite a few years yeah, yeah. it's quite a few years yeah. uh, <laughs> i mean what input did you have in the actual character itself in playing the character character everything Awesome. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I worked closely at the beginning with Jonathan Frakes, who mm. um, I had the pleasure of having as my initial director. And actually, for some subsequent episodes, he also directed me. Um, and he gave me much insight into the, you know, the Star Trek world, um, but really allowed me the freedom to bring Osira to life, you know, on my own, uh, which mm. was such a pleasure and such a joy but yeah I think working with Jonathan and just sort of feeling the the real uh, magic and enormity of this of this world that that you know it's, like, oh, it's just another sci-fi show but it's really not another sci-fi show it's it, it really is a universe um, and you feel like you're part of a family uh, once you get involved in it, but but you know the the way that Osira speaks, the way she moves, the whole everything was my. I had the pleasure of being able to bring that to the screen. It was quite refreshing to see because of, when you look at a villain, you think they're going to be really over the top, like Khan was in the original movies, and Osira, I just think was very subtle, very, you know, even when she got mad, it wasn't really over the top. I mean, was that all done on purpose? Because it was quite, you didn't know what she was going to do next on screen. Um, was yeah. that done, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, certainly my take on Osira was someone who, you know, if she needed to, she could certainly blow the lid off you know, so there were a couple of scenes that we shot that didn't make it to the cut where, you know, she actually went to that height. But clearly they liked this sort of um, the subtler performance. And I think that for a villain, it is uh, it's so easy to get really mean and really, mm -hmm. you know, evil. Um, and for me, it was a much more, you know, serious cause. There was a cause. There was a reason why Osira was doing the things that she was doing and i mean clearly she sort of enjoyed um the manipulation and the power that she had over people um but i think that that sits in a very calm place in a person you know it yeah. certainly can she didn't have anyone to really go up against her certainly in her immediate world no one had the the courage to challenge what she was doing um yeah. and so I think it was sort of, I think it's a symbol of strength and power if, if you, you know, the calmer she was. Definitely. And because you're quite subtle, I think it brought people's attention to you more because, mm. you know, you weren't all over the place. Um, did you feel any pressure? So you found out that you had the part on Star Trek. Did you, what sort of pressure did you feel, you know, having this role on one of the biggest franchises known to man? Well, I certainly wanted it to be a performance that would be remembered, you know, a performance that the fans would uh, would want to cling on to. And I, I wanted to bring a character that they would really enjoy. Um, 
the pressure and the excitement sort of equaled each other out. I was just, I was just so thrilled. It was so much fun that um, I didn't feel, I didn't feel too heavy going into it. I was more excited mm. than than anything else. Uh, but I did, I did really want to make a character that would have a lasting effect, and that I hoped that you know <clears throat> would be loved for her. Uh, her badness i guess because yeah. you you know playing a villain is so playing the star trek villain does hold so much weight you're right um that <clears throat> and i was only in a few episodes so it wasn't like the character grew over the season it was quite a mm. short arc um and so in that respect i guess the pressure was just to deliver every single scene every single opportunity that i had um yeah. That's, you know, that's also our job. So it was just nice to be able to get up and do it, you know? And you may have been only in a few scenes, but for me, you were the standout for the season. I was so disappointed that we didn't see more. And um, obviously, I don't want to spoil it for for anyone, but, you know, you do get shot by Burnham. Um, So um, fingers crossed, um, we didn't see you actually die. So who knows? we could get you back and uh, let's hope we do so jonathan frakes has directed you and obviously we all know him as riker from from star star trek what was right. it actually li- like being directed by him you know being from someone from the star trek world now you know di- di- directing what sort of director was he like you couldn't have asked for a more perfect combination, really, because Jonathan has lived this world for decades. So he knows all the subtleties and the ins and outs and the camera angles and, you know, what people are looking for. So him as a director was, well, it brought the whole set to life. He would sit there, he would talk you through what was happening on the green screen, and now you're watching the ship explode, boo! So he was right (laughs) into it with you. So there wasn't anything left to chance. You were carried along on an emotional journey by with help from him. Um, his enthusiasm, he was so excited. He just loved it. So every day was, was laughter, uh, passion, real pats on the back, and um, felt like you were a part of this really special, um, you know, family unit. It was like... Uh, yeah, it was like family, and having him there, I can't imagine a better a, a better director because he had lived it for so many years. Nothing was left to chance. Um, mm. Everything got covered, but it seemed to be done in such an easy, quick way. You know, like it's a very large set, uh, and mm. there's multiple cameras running um, at all times, um, and it just felt so easy so hassle-free and so much fun he made it so much fun every day awesome um let's talk about um something that confused me during watching your performance so so i've interviewed quite a few people from canada and obviously your accent is slightly different to the americans and i've got to say i got confused because i'm i'm hearing more british um when you when you say um, job um, and yeah. and the words. So when you actually perf- <laughs> performed as Osira, I thought you were doing a bit of a British accent in there. But I guess that's your own accent and that's what 
Canadians sound like from where you are? No. So I was born in Canada and I was raised in England from the age of two until I was 18 and graduated high school. Then I came back to Canada. So my my natural accent, as you can hear right now, is like it's a bit of a hybrid. Um, I don't know what words are going to be in Canadian and what words are going to be English. It depends on who I'm talking to. So now I'm chatting with you. (laughs) I'm probably going to get a little bit more British. Um, It was a character choice to make Osira um, mid-Atlantic. It just felt like um, a good place for her to sit. Uh, And it does sound, now that I've seen it, it does sound um, even more British than than Mm mid-Atlantic. And and yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, that's why they always make villains British. It was very, it was very uh, easy to, to do, you know, to do her with, with a sort of a mid-Atlantic and more Mm -hmm. British dialect, but it is actually me as well. That is sort of my natural speech patterns. So I'm somewhere right in the middle. I get lost in the middle between the two dialects. (laughs) (laughs) And where, and where, where, whereabouts did you uh, grow up in England? I grew up in Kent. Oh, I used to live in Kent. Oh, did you uh, where? So I lived for a time in Raynham, in Kent. Oh, I was raised in Sittingbourne, which is like, I believe it's one or two train stops from Raynham. It's literally around the corner. Yeah, I used to go through Sittingbourne to get to Canterbury because that's where yeah. I worked at the time. Yeah, how bizarre. How bizarre. Yeah, but, now, but now I live well, up north, so I live near, near Nottingham, near Mansfield, okay. so... So I've Kent, gone from the right. south straight up. Sorry? Hence your dialect, which doesn't sound very Kentish. No, no. Right. So when I moved, well, I'm originally from Nottingham, moved down to Kent, spent 10 years down in Kent, and then moved back up. And okay. um, I'm now starting to sound more like the locals here now. But when yeah. I lived down south, I, I had a, a southern accent. Um, so I would say Bath instead of Bath. Uh, right. But now well, I'm saying I- Bath. When I first came here, I talked like that. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like that. So I've had to really, and then no one could understand a word I was saying. So I've had to, I've had to adapt over the years. Awesome! Well, I didn't know that. Learn something yeah. new. So I've got to say as well during the uh, scene when you're fight, fighting Burnham, um, one of the final scenes, you push Burnham against the wall, and mm-hmm. you get stuck into the programmable matter. For me, mm-hmm. that brought back childhood nightmares because it reminded me of a scene from Superman 3 when uh, the character gets put into the supercomputer. Um, but what a scene. How was that to film, you know, that final scene with Burt Bur- Burnham and the fight? How was that? It was pretty exciting. So um, obviously these big shows, they always provide you with stunt stunt doubles. But I have always done a lot of my own stunts I've I've you know I've had a little bit of training in that respect so I managed to do the majority of the of the stunt work as well which was which was fabulous um it's all very technical when you're doing those scenes you you know so it doesn't necessarily flow quite as as well as as a a dialogue heavy scene but so much fun to just be you know uh in that kind of, we were so exhausted at the end of those days because we put so much out there. Um, just great, great, great fun. I would, I would do it. I would do it again in a second. Yeah, a joy. <laughs> and that was the final scene that we shot for my character too. I think it was actually the final scene of the season. 
oh, also. Wow. So um, it had a lot of energy in that room when we were filming, which just kind of added to the, you know, the general uh, excitement and uh, power of the of the scene. Definitely. And I suppose if you got injured, it would have been fine because it was your last scene. So I suppose you yeah. would uh, go out 110%. Um, so yeah. let's talk about your appearance. Um, how hard was the, the you know the mornings uh, of getting that makeup on? Because it's got to take quite a while. I mean, we had Doug Jones on the show. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into how, 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 how long it takes takes for him. But... You know, was it a nice experience, a horrible, horrible experience? It was a four-hour experience every day. And the, the only thing I would say that was really horrible was that, you know, some of the times that we had to be there, like 3.30 a.m. call to, you know, get your makeup done before going on to set. I actually feel that out of the three of us, myself and my two phenomenal um, makeup artists, that I had the easier ride because I would come in and I would sit in my chair and for the beginning when they put the sort of torso neck portion of my prosthetics on I was just laying back and so I could close my eyes and sort of you know meditate or doze um, but you know they had to be on the ball from 3.30 to 7.30 and they we worked non-stop. I would have, you know, we would get up and stretch our legs and have a sip of, of water or something. But um, I only did it for that, you know, for a few months, unlike Doug, mm. who's done it for many, many years. I actually loved uh, the process. The transformation was always so fascinating to me. Mm. Yes, it gets a little bit laborious once you're doing it, you know, five days in a row. But um, the fun of working behind such a, a mask was, was the first time I've ever done that. Um, and I found it quite fabulous. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, I think of, of all of us, like I said, my makeup artists had the, had the shorter end of that stick. You know, I got to sort of sit there and watch it unfold whereas, uh, while they were working. Um, and, and, they, and did having all that makeup on, and as you say, that mask, did yeah. that add to your character? Because obviously you're behind a mask. Yeah, it really did. Like, I, I, it allowed me to be even bolder in some of my choices. It allowed you to sort of, you know, take risks and do things that maybe mm. I wouldn't have done if it was my face that was, you know, being seen. Because it has this other layer of of you being hidden, which we already do as actors, because we, yeah. we take on another personality anyway. But to do it behind a green alien face was like unlimited freedom to, to make choices and not feel like I'm going to be, you know, personally criticized if they don't work. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, and you, you, you mentioned during the four hours that you would relax. Would you do yeah. anything else to pass the time during the four hours? I mean, could you read a book? Could you listen to music? Could you? No. We had music on. We had music on for four hours. Absolutely, it was a, a definite vibe going on in the trailer. Um, couldn't really do anything else. Couldn't read because you know there are portions where you'd be working on my eyes, or I'd have to have my eyes closed. So we chatted and um, and listened to good music and and laughed a lot. W wonderful uh, people. So yeah, we had a good time. Well, hopefully you'll work with them again. Uh, I have Fingers crossed. Um, did you keep anything from 
the show. I did. I did. Did you? I was very fortunate. I spoke to the executive producers and I and I said, I really need something of Osira, please. Oh. And they let me keep her boots. Wow. So I have my boots and then um, Michael Smithson, my the head, the key makeup artist, gave me let me see if I can find it for you. Awesome. And hopefully he he will not get into any kind of trouble for this. But <laughs> they let me keep like two of my ears. My that is awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. So you know, it's, it's, so you get to see because you know I had the ears and I had the ho- the whole thing. So I have I have my Ospira ears and I have um I have her kick ass uh, boots. That is yeah. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. And do you know what? You asked as well. Many stars would just take it. So you're very polite. And if you don't ask, you don't get, as they say. Exactly. No, and I really wanted something. It was such a momentous experience that I, you know, I want something to be able to remember it by forever. So, yeah, yeah. I wear those boots and I just feel like, rah, it's great. <laughs> I feel sorry I for your kids. <laughs> do the chores um so also i've got to say you know your character i think has prepared the crew for season four i think you have brought out the characters so much like tilly for instance you know you've elevated them uh is there anything that you would have liked osira to have done that she didn't um I'd like to have seen her involved more with the crew in terms of having, you know, possibly some derogatory manipulative conversations with Tilly and with the crew. I would like to have seen mm. her get her hands dirtier a little bit in that in that realm. Um, I'd like to have seen her also, because she's an incredibly intelligent woman and she works with, you know, um, her fabulous scientist. I wouldn't have minded seeing her um, explore her knowledge of the technology mm. that you know her her people are sort of sitting on, just to show a little bit more of why she's so passionate about you know what she's doing. And I personally would have liked a much more dramatic ending. I would have liked. <laughs> I had the fantasies about like yeah being thrown into space or trapped like in you know in superman 2 when they put the baddies in that kind of glass yes i was like oh because if if osira flies away in one of those you never know (laughs) Uh. Uh, well you know you know what we never know because you know we don't see you actually die so um on the internet it's buzzing everyone's saying that well we didn't see osira die so she could make a comeback who knows? Oh, <laughs> that would be fantastic. So, so over your your span of Star Trek uh, Discovery, what has been your favourite moment? I think my favourite moment was doing the scene with Odette Fair when I'm eating the um, fake apples and doing the negotiation with him. We got to spend two days just me and him working through those scenes. And it was like, it was such a a pleasure and such a joy to be able to handle such uh, large amounts of dialogue on a TV Mm. set, because TV is such a machine and you kind of, you do your thing and then you got to move on. Whereas Jonathan gave us 
time and freedom to really explore that. So it almost felt like mm. you were doing a play or a feature film. Yeah. Um, that day for me will will stand out as absolutely one of the, the most fun times as an actor that I've I've had the pleasure of. And working with Oded, we have very similar ways of working. Um, we were devastated when it was over. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was such a good scene. And all the way through that scene, I was hoping that he was going to sign it. He was going to sign that peace agreement. And, and then that would, would have cemented your future because yeah. I think your character is wonderful. And then when not, well, not only did we find out where their food comes from, uh, which was quite, <laughs> quite shocking, uh, but, you know, he didn't sign it. And I was like, no, that's you no. Know, not, not nice. Um, I know. But... Um, <laughs> so I also want to do talk talk to you as 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 well if it's okay um, regarding your aunt because yes. you know sadly nearly two years ago uh, we lost Mar Margot Kidder and mm -hmm. to me she will always be my Lois Lane uh, that much so is that my seven year old is called Lois after oh, Mar 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 Margot and I had the pleasure of meeting Margot probably in 2003, I think it was, in Milton Keynes. And she was such a beautiful person. Um, she was late for the signing. Um, yeah. She had gone out the night before to the the West End um, and she had a few too many Ribena, she said, and um, she came back um, a bit late. Um, but I waited an hour and a half, an hour and a half to meet her and I had a nice cuddle and she signed quite quite a few things. And sadly, um, she was due to appear at the London Comic and Film, and uh, Lois was, I think, four at the time, and um, I, w I was wanting her to meet her uh, so she could see who, who, sh who she was named af af after. Um, but obviously, she played Lois Lane in the original movies with Christopher Reeve. What yeah. sort of auntie was she? She just seemed such a character. She's all that you would expect when you meet her as a person, you know. Um, we were very similar in so many ways. A, we look uh, so much alike, and especially when I was younger and, and in yeah. the Superman days, it was pretty uncanny. Um, she brought all the fun, uh, you know, to the table all the time. Um, over the years for me in this business she was also a mentor she you know was a, um, a consummate professional on set it was very important to her she would scold me if i didn't take things seriously she taught me how to be the best professional i could be on set um i was lucky enough to be at the uh, from superman one all the way through because it, they were shot in london so we lived with her and i was on set at the age of you know seven watching wow. her fly with christopher reeve and and then i decided that i was going to be an actress so that i could wear fancy clothes like my aunt that was the first thought that i had <laughs> um <laughs> she was like a soulmate to me and she was one of the one of the the best people in my life um and I miss her every day, but I know that she's just right there, uh, thoroughly enjoying what's going on for me right now. And I think she would be honored that you named your daughter. That makes me want to cry. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, she was, she was 
all those things that you think that she would be when you would meet her in person. Yeah. And di- and what sort of advice did she give you um, when you wanted to uh, ov- obviously go into this career? You know, always learn your lines. Always be a professional. Um, everybody on set is equal from the PA that brings you water to the executive producers that sign your checks. Like, we're all there as a team to do a job together as a team. And so, you know, be kind and generous to everybody um, from extras to, you know, leads. Um, that just because we are the actor that this you know business tends to put on the pedestal uh we're just a person doing our job and it's no more or less important than anyone else on there doing their job so just ultimate respect and ultimate professionalism in in all areas on set that's awesome and you know i i still can't believe that you've been on the set during super superman and all the way yeah. through yeah uh, because i i i just think to this day those films still hold their weight uh, against all of the super superhero movies. And even though we had so many great actors playing Lois Lane, mm-hmm. Margot is always, you know, the tough one. And, and, and hopefully my girls are going to grow up to be like that. Because yeah. my three-year-old, I actually convinced my wife to call her Cara after Supergirl. So her actual new, full name is Cara Lane. So I've got a very understanding wife. Um, so, so, so before we wrap up this wonderful interview, um, conventions. Have you ever done a convention? Because I know that you've been represented by Derek Mackey now at Cool Waters yeah. Productions. What a lovely guy. Really, really is. And what a wonderful company. Um, and I know that you're going to be attending one in Vegas in August. Um, Is it the 55-year Mission Las Vegas? Is that going to be your first ever convention that you're appearing at, or have you done previous ones? I did one back however many decades ago for Earth Final Conflict, which I did when I was, you know, young and in Toronto. Um, But this will be my first sort of really official, with such a role as Osira, this will be the first time I'm doing anything of this sort of stature. So I'm really excited to see. Margie used to call them uh, stalker conventions, and uh, um, <laughs> Derek also worked with her. So we're keeping yes. it very much in the in the family, which is wonderful. Yeah, I'm really That's awesome. And are you ready for the 101 Star Trek questions? Because Star Star Trek fans are very particular. I've yes. noticed, um, and they are on the in- in- internet. Um, have you got any way of uh, managing that? Are you going to do your research before you go to the conventions, or are you just going to hope for the best that you don't get asked too many difficult questions? Well, you know, I think I'll just rely on on being honest and genuine and about what I did and, and who I am and what the character is. I, you know, Osira doesn't know about much of the other star trek stories and neither does neither does janet kidder so i think i'll just i think i'll just have to go and and hope for the best and answer as as you know honestly and positively as i as i can if i don't know the answer i think i'll probably say i've got no idea (laughs) best way to be and to be honest they'll probably teach you you're probably gonna leave with your head blown um yeah <laughs> so i've noticed as well that social media 
your presence on social me- me- media. I can't find you. I don't know. I don't do any social media at all. It was a decision I made a few years ago because, well, I found that on Facebook, um, it takes so much time and effort to maintain, uh, you know, your profile and keep up to date. And, you know, I'm a single parent with two kids and, and um, sort of lots going on. And so I've sort of chosen to step back from social media, which um, is positive for me personally, although I'm sure that um, professionally it could have benefited me in many ways. Maybe I will be advised to, you know, to have an OSIRA social media presence um but it does take some upkeep and i'm mm. like where did people find the time um and i also really value my relationships in the real world and i find that it, there's a you know you can kind of get lost in the rabbit hole of social media mm. and then you're living um in this virtual world more than you are in the real world and i don't really want to do that but mm. we'll see i'm probably going to have to probably going to have to do a little bit of something now that this is mm. now that this is out there um and uh, and i respect that it's just for my own my own personal life i just don't have never really felt the need to connect in that way yeah i suppose as well it's 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 got to be quite nice not being on social media because it's a bit like having no mobile phone you know yeah. it gives you that little bit of freedom and you know i'm sure that there's lots of uh, you know amazing comments out there but sadly there are some people out there that just go out their way to, to say horrible things when they don't need to be you know yeah. horrible things so and i think like that's a- quite refreshing yeah, and it's sort of, you know, allotting that time every day to go, okay, I need to go and answer my Twitter uh, people or, you know, post something on Instagram. It's just a, it's just something that I don't really feel that I have or I'm not, I haven't made time for up to this point. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't blame you, to be fair. I do not blame you. Janet, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It's been an honour. Uh, absolutely love loved your perform- performance and uh, uh, what's next for you what can we see you in next I mean I know that obviously Discovery's just finished are you working yeah. on anything at the moment or are you having a bit I, of time off I've just joined the cast of uh, Charmed which is a CW series here yeah. um, again <laughs> I don't know much of the backstory about the show Uh but I play uh, I play the dean of the of the university who who has perhaps got a little bit more going on than meets the eye initially. I don't know why I always get the roles of you know someone who has a little bit something to hide maybe. Um, but so that's what I'm working on now, and I just finished something very little called two sentence horror stories, which are these very little horror snippets that just air in the U.S. And that's it. Otherwise, just sort of you know being a mom and trying to uh, forge ahead and make sure that everyone stays calm in this crazy time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Janet, keep safe. Thank you so much and look after yourself. Thank you, Brian. It was such a pleasure. I appreciate your time. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world, let me talk.